afternoon and good night, Pittsburgh! Oh, how apropos is that sound effect? Good morning, good afternoon, and ta-da, good night, Pittsburgh. We are live right after the biggest win. Chris Collinsworth said biggest win in Browns franchise history. I, I take him to task on that. It is certainly the biggest win since we came back in 1999. The Cleveland Browns have not only made the NFL playoffs for the first time in 18 years, we've won for the first time in the playoffs in 26 years. We've won in Pittsburgh for the for the first time in the last 17 years, and we've finally beaten Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. We have exercised every demon that has remained for the expansion era Browns. It is all over. This is officially a new era. Get used to it because we are here, we are coming, and we are not going anywhere. Welcome in. This is the LOTL Deerfield Gridiron Browns postgame show. I'm Dan, here with Steve, and then uh, on the phone is Ryan. What's up, boys? How we doing? We want more. We want more. We want more. Let's go. Holy crap. What, I mean, what, can you imagine an app, like a more just bonkers start to a game like i honest to god i thought i was having like a like a covid fever dream like i i i, I don't know if i haven't woken i might be in a coma right now i, I don't know <laughs> what is going on but that yeah i mean that snap over big ben's head like i mean that hasn't happened i mean they're um their center's spectacular he's been in the pro bowl for oh like he's an all pro like almost decade yeah like he, that what a, what a time to have the yips and then just it, it snowballed. I mean, you know, the, Collinsworth was first of all, Collinsworth couldn't get enough of Pittsburgh. I think he had money on that on them tonight, apparently. Um, but uh, yeah, he's boy, a, they were uh, talking about his five hundred Big Ben's five hundred yards and this, that, and the other. But guess what? Yeah. He had more more yeah. uh, more interceptions than he knew what to do with, and it did not matter. Go ahead, Steve. Say it. How do when 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 uh, somebody against the Browns throws an interception? What do we say? Interception. <laughs> None of you will understand that reference. Actually, Ryan, you well, I don't know because what what middle school did you go to? Well, uh, Muraski. Oh, wait, middle school? Middle no, school. Uh, sorry, uh, center. Oh, okay. yeah, you too bad. Understand. So there there was a uh, <clears throat> there was a middle school gym teacher named Mister Pinion who was also a, a middle school football coach, and. Uh, <laughs> During like the football games, you could hear him uh, yell "interception" or "fumble." His tagline was "Pay attention, or I'll give you a detention." Oh, fun! So, <laughs> so shout out, Mr. Pinion, wherever so, yeah. you are. <coughs> oh, water went down the wrong way. Um, oh man, one hell of a game! Five a game. interceptions from. Big Ben Roethlisberger, so scary that Big Ben guy. He, a, you know, I'm I'm now. like you, I'm you like calling it. Yeah, I mean I'm like this I'm like this now, but Steve can attest since uh, we watched the game together. Uh, I from about halfway through the second quarter on, I was an absolute wreck. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of us were. I mean, all of a sudden it was 
we, we were riding this high and, you know, you, you knew that we weren't going to hold them scoreless. You know, that we knew that we were going to come back down to reality eventually, but the manner in which they did it at the same time that our, our offense just really, really started to struggle. I mean, it was, it's kind of like what we've done all year where, you know, in these games, we get these crazy leads and that we find goofy ways to squander them or almost squander them. And it, it was, I, I was having a heart attack. It, it was, that was awful. Dan, I'll be nice. I you were not an absolute wreck until the Steelers got their first touchdown in the third quarter. Um, I mean, you were mildly concerned up to that point. I mean, I don't think I reached that point until the Steelers got to within twelve. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you could just tell the nervousness was going on and, and where I was getting nervous was that the Browns went three and out twice in the third quarter. I was not happy with that at all. Uh Dan observed that they were going under center a lot more than they would normally. Uh, which didn't seem to help their run game very much. Uh, I don't know if that was because of the guys that we were missing, uh, not just before the game, but also in-game on the offensive line. Uh, I, I'm curious to get your idea on that, Ryan. I mean, I, I was getting I was getting all riled up early about um, – there was a couple different plays. At one point in the game, I forget what, what point in the game it was exactly, but we had second and two – and Baker had a ball get batted down. And I was just like, it's second and two. We've got the best backfield in the game. What are we doing? Why are we Why are we goofing around like this? Um, I, I actually, that's a good, uh, I guess, pickup. Uh, I wasn't paying too much attention to how much Baker was under uh, center versus, you know, in the gun. But the, the offensive line, I mean, Baker even said at postgame, he met one of his linemen tonight. Like, yeah. he literally met the guy tonight. Yeah. So I, I have to imagine that had to be part of it. But you know what? Without all that being said, we we didn't shy away from running left. I mean, we ran right over um, Dunn right. early in the game um, until he got hurt, unfortunately. And they still kept at it. Um, I don't even know the other guy's name. I, I honestly, I don't even know. That was number sixty-two. I think you're referring to. Yeah, it was like Hans or Vance or something. Something. <laughs> yeah. Like that, I mean, so. he he's a he's a rookie head of Northwestern, and he, honest to God, met. Baker today yeah like what <laughs> like think can you imagine like being that guy all of a sudden you know your 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 first uh in-game snaps are in the postseason uh against uh like the boogeyman that, that's yeah. had your number for I don't know ever you know in recent memory like holy crap what a night for for that kid and, and, and good for him and hopefully we've got a shot to uh get a little bit uh healthier and get some guys back from the COVID list i, I mean it's it's bananas yeah um and I'm, I'm not gonna let this uh this episode uh, no fault of any of you guys i'm not gonna let this episode go any further without uh um we need to talk about our quarterback uh Ooh, because buddy. he's you know we've fought with the things that the national media has said uh over the course of this season about our quarterback, about Baker Mayfield, um, there's literally nothing that they can say anymore. You can't, you can't, you have to give it up to this kid. I mean, it's Baker. I would, given the circumstances and the, and uh, you know, where it was, the demons going that the demons that were going around with this organization about things we haven't done specifically against that team and that building against that quarterback for him to play like he did, I mean, I mean, what else can you? You can't say anything negative about him. Nothing. No. And I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the final stat line was what twenty-one of thirty-four with three touchdowns and nearly three hundred yards. No picks. Yeah, with, no fumbles. And I, I would say at least three drops in there by our receivers and our tight ends. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah. had plenty of those. Uh, Higgins, Higgins had two. Higgins Cooper had, had two, two as well. Hooper had a couple. Um, I mean, you know, they they both both of them made plays too. So it's not like they were complete waste. And you know, I I love Higgins. Hooper is, uh, he's uh, he he gets on my nerves at times because, you know, we paid him all that money. He needs to catch the freaking football. Um, but, I mean. You know, obviously, and, and we'll get to this at the end of the show. Um, you know, our matchup with Kansas City next week. How great is it that we're playing another football game next weekend? Awesome! How great! I mean, I, I, you know, obviously, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go ahead and compare Baker to Patrick Mahomes because that's that's foolhardy. Like nobody's in Patrick Mahomes' level, but Baker to me has ascended into that tier below Patrick Mahomes. It's at this point he is he has done such an incredible job compared to last year. Think about how much more he protects the ball. Yep. Think about how much more tonight he looked so quick to get rid of the ball. He was so right, good right. at getting the ball out of his hand, and there was the couple times that he did have to bail out uh, and run. He was quick to pull the trigger on it. He didn't really, you know, waste any time or goof around. And if I'm, do you guys remember any sacks? I don't. No. Not one. I don't think. I mean, think about that defensive line with Watt and Hayward and all these other guys. They didn't touch. They hardly touched Baker. With Unbelievable. Our, with, our make, with our makeshift offensive line too, because you, we, you know, we, we talk about uh, the guard situation with Batonio being out, but Jack Conklin went out of this game in the first quarter. And this was the main reason why I thought the Steelers were going to win this game, that they were going to be able to take advantage of the issues that the Browns were having up front mm-hmm. with the guys missing. And if you would have told me that two other guys would have got no, uh, three other guys had gotten hurt during the game, I would have said, wow, there's just no way we're going to win this game. Unbelievable yeah. job Unbelievable. by the offensive line. The offensive line coach wasn't even there. No, and neither was the assistant offensive line coach. We had a quality control coach co- coaching our old line. Yeah, I think he was like the clock guy. He was yeah. like the the time guy. Right, is the was the offensive line coach. Right. I mean, hold what on, it, what hold it, on. It, I'm uh, oh I'm at the God. interval now. I got I, I have to play it. I have to satisfy the sponsors. Good morning, oh, go. <laughs> good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. So you you were speaking. I mean, we can go on and on about Baker, and I think that first and foremost. To the turnaround from last year to this year is remarkable. Uh, he's also with 1,000% got himself an extension. We don't have to worry about the fifth-year option anymore, uh, no. of course, and he's going to get himself paid. Um, he, he earned himself uh, some cash tonight. Some cash. Beyond the quarterback, though, if you had to pick one of these two teams that looked like they were without their coaching staff, <laughs> I would not have thought Cleveland. Mike Tomlin gave us the game by punting on that fourth and one. What was he doing, man? I have I, no I, idea. We, numerous times, and this is my biggest gripe. I understand what Joe Woods was doing with the defense by playing so much prevent. I understand. Pittsburgh doesn't really have a run game. They were treating those short passes, the three, the five, the six, eight-yard passes as their run game, and Joe Woods said, fine, you can have them because you're going to eat up a bunch of time and we can score more. You're going to kill clock. We're going to be fine. I hated it because it stressed me out, but I understand the philosophy. I I agree with that to a point though, because oh. I, I don't know if was if it was our personnel getting out of getting out of their spots and zones. Way too many times we gave up touch we gave up long touchdown drives of three minutes and under. I'm fine yeah, with I'm, playing that way if if you're gonna like if if you're gonna make a team go six, seven minutes to score that touchdown. Fine, right, right. That's fine. But the Steelers, the Steelers, probably three or four times 
had touchdown drives of over 70 yards in under three minutes. The one, uh, the one in the fourth quarter after we scored our uh, sixth touchdown to go up 42 to 23, they scored in a minute and 19 seconds. Yeah, that can't happen. No. That's and part of that's personnel. So like, agreed. I, I don't. I don't want to put all of it on. I mean, part of it's Joe. I mean, I'm. I'm not super crazy about it, but um, at the end of the day, again, so many guys in that secondary <sighs> are, are not. They're not even. They're, not, they're certainly not starters, and some of them probably shouldn't even be backups. Yeah. I mean, there, there is there. That is, the personnel cannot be overlooked in that situation. Hundred percent. All, all that. All that being said, so many times, third and nine, third and ten. Oh, uh, we, we couldn't get off the field we, on third down. And, it was insane. And right. So that, that was killing me. They had been driving. They had been. They had completely swung the momentum back around. And you're telling me because you're on your own 45, you're nervous about not getting one yard? That's insane. That's crazy. It, ga- it, 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 it literally gave us the game. That I, without a shadow of a doubt, that will be the talking point tomorrow, like in terms of like the – you know, the, the crazy start, that'll be part one. And then it's going to be the momentum shift. That's part two. And then part three is going to be – and then the game kind of was under under wraps after that. Now, obviously, it's easy to say that in hindsight. But yeah, I, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike Tomlin. You beautiful man. You handled that terribly. And <laughs> Cleveland loves you. Yeah, and, and, and what's interesting was that wasn't the only game where a situation like that happened today. I was just going to mention no. that. I Mike mean, Vrabel that's, did it. That's the main talking and point his, of the Tennessee-Baltimore game. And his was almost more egregious. They were on Baltimore's 40-yard line and punted the ball. which is, yeah, and, and, and essentially, it cost them the game. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, the, weird, the weird thing to me, too, is Pittsburgh is one of the most aggressive teams in the NFL with going for two and going for it on fourth down. I just I, I, I did Mike Tomlin have a brain fart? Like I don't know what happened. Did he have a mini stroke on the sidelines? Like I, I, I you know what I think it was. I think the honest answer is that at that point, it's a twelve point game. You've figured out the Browns' offense. We've got a banged up offensive line. He rolled the dice on we can stop him, and then uh, we reintroduced Nicholas Chubb. Um, Nick Allow and, me uh, to reintroduce myself. That's right. Right, like Nicky Eggplant, I mean, baby. Was, that was yeah, like a forty-yarder uh, off of you know a couple first downs. You know, by by the some... way, what an absolutely perfectly timed screen call. Yeah, absolutely. perfect. And and big props to uh, J.C. Treader who had the block that uh, sprung Chubb on that. Yeah, again, and I tell you what, another great night for blocking wide receivers too. Yes, hundred um, percent. Uh, I love how physical and aggressive our wide receivers are. It's it's yep. one of my favorite things to watch because it's it's such a it's it's an effort thing that's the thing you know what i mean like it's you can't teach size and and you can't teach speed and all this stuff but like at the end of the day you can fight like hell to maintain a block and it can be it can as we've seen time and time again especially with this backfield with the way that nick chubb loves to bounce outside and and redirect i mean massively important and so god i love to see it oh how sweet it is man you know you guys were talking about the screen pass to chubb which you know, was the key play of the drive you know, that put the Browns back up by three scores. I go back to the early part of that drive when I don't know if it was a second or a third down when you needed a big play twice on that drive. And Jarvis Landry, you know, Ryan, you said that this guy, you know, embodies the heart and soul of the team, basically. And boy, when things were at their worst, he stepped up and made two huge, 
catches that kept that drive going and yeah. then allowed Chubb to basically just stick the dagger in the heart of Pittsburgh. What was what was uh, Jarvis's stat line? He had he had five catches, ninety two yards, and a touchdown. I mean, the guy is just the guy's the guy is. I, for me, for this team, he's indescribable. He does so many things for this team from an attitude standpoint, leadership standpoint, production standpoint, uh, blocking standpoint. Um, he gives he gives the wide receiver room an edge, and like you talked about it, Ryan, with the blocking and and the play downfield, like. That starts from inside that wide receiver room. That's an attitude thing, and that comes from coaching, and that comes from leadership. And Jarvis Landry is the leader of that position group, no doubt, and he instills that you know, in young guys like Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones and even Kendaro Hodge. Like, those guys all block down the field, and it starts with number 80. It's special to see. I mean, I, his, his importance to this team, you cannot possibly overstate it. It, it, you really can't. We we could spend so much time on on, on Landry. It's spectacular. Yeah. Um, and I think you know that's a good segue too with regards to leadership. I, you guys have probably heard or seen similar versions of this. I've I've seen this uh, in all kinds of arenas, not just sports, but in, in in business and life and whatever. And one of the greatest testaments to you know quality leadership and establishing culture is that things look the same whether you're there or not and so kevin stefanski was watching this game with us in his basement yep and it i mean the wheels didn't fall off the bus in so many can you imagine if if freddie kitchens had to just like hand over the wheels and say all right guys see you next week you know what i mean like <laughs> actually 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 i'm gonna be completely honest with you that might have been a benefit to us <laughs> okay that's actually a fair point that's, 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 that's <laughs> but, a good point, I, but i point take i get i get what you were going for there yeah, it's just at the end of the day, I mean, yes, we, we know that like a lot of the first, the, the first what, 15, 20 plays were scripted. We know that situationally they had all kinds of plays, you know, figured out for, you know, first and 10, second and short or long or medium, whatever. Like we, we know that they were scripted, but at the end of the day, guys maintain assignments. Penalties were not an issue. Um, you know, like across the board, things functioned and flowed. And if you were to show us, like, if you were to show us, you know, four or five different games from this season and told us to pick out one of the games where, you know, the coaching staff was decimated, uh, you would not have been able to pick a game. No. You would not have been able to say this was it. Our, our assistant coaches all deserve raises. 100%. And I'm also <laughs> now terrified that some of these guys are going to look get looked at and poached by other organizations now. You know how, like, you know, last week we were talking about, like, so far we right. don't think any coaches or anybody were on anybody else's radar. Right. I'm terrified that, like, some new head coach out there is going to see what happened here and try to offer, I don't know, somebody, one of the coaching staff guys uh, a raise or a better opportunity. I have no idea. I'm, I hope that everybody that we have on this coaching staff – can get locked down and come back next year. I don't want to change a damn right. thing. Well, that the good, great. Well, well, the good thing is like the coordinators would have to get head coaching jobs, right? So like they would have to get, uh, you know, AVP who, you know, was great today. Um, like Steve said earlier, I didn't understand some of the Baker under center, uh, you know, jumbo goal line sets for our running plays in the third quarter. I didn't understand that. Our bread and butter is, uh, you know, gap scheme pulling. You know, mm-hmm, zone, mm-hmm. zone read, and all that. I didn't understand like the power running we were trying to do. That's not our game. Um, but yeah, uh, could could you possibly maybe see some uh, position coaches getting looks at coordinator? Maybe. 
I mean, I know a couple. Yeah, that, that's, I know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I know I'm a couple saying. of our a couple of our uh, position coaches have already been coordinators, so you know they could be in line. But hey, you know what? That's better than the alternative that we've had in this town for the last uh, you know two decades. <laughs> oh you know, gosh, no, normal. And and here's the other thing about that. Uh, yeah, would it suck to lose some of these coaches to to better jobs? Sure, but I have complete faith in Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski to replace those guys with other quality coaches. That's true. That's so, a very good point. Would I love Andrew it? Yeah. Andrew Barry, but, by the way, while we're on the subject of him, massive shout out to AB for putting helping put together this 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 culture, this atmosphere, this, one this team. One million percent. And Ooh, buddy. and as corrupt as as they may have been, uh, just a short uh, time ago. Uh, credit to the Haslam's man. They finally got it right. Yeah, they did. They and they've did. had they've had a hell of a hell of a two month stretch. Uh, MLS Cup and now uh, a uh, playoff winning football team in the NFL. So uh, shout out to them. Shout out to finally getting it right. Um, that's not to say that the first eight years of their ownership wasn't a complete and utter train wreck, which it was. But we're not going to lament on that because uh, we're we're partying. We're celebrating a uh, playoff a playoff win. I was. I was 26. I was seven years old the last time the Browns won a playoff game, and and I was just I was just talking to Steve uh, when he came over uh, before the game. This was the first time that me and him have ever sat down and watched a Browns playoff game together. I've known this guy for 25, 26 years. We didn't get to do it in 2002 because I was working that day that the Browns were in the playoffs against the Steelers. But uh, so this was a special night, not only for that, but. Uh, being able to uh, spend the time together and watch watch our favorite football team. Uh, like I said, exercise all the demons, man. I mean, there's there's nothing left for you know people to say about the Browns haven't done this since haven't done this since. Like the only thing is the Browns still haven't won a Super Bowl. And I'll tell you what, maybe it won't happen this year, but this team is coming. What a spot to be in. And I tell you what, we're, we're facing, again, we're going to go back-to-back weeks. If nobody on earth is going to pick us, and that's, I mean, completely understandable. Yep. Uh, hell, I haven't picked us very much this year. Yep. And you're not allowed. Uh, no, no. Yeah, again, I was saying this, you know, pretty sure. <laughs> if you think I'm going to deviate from anything now, I mean, I am – I am one of the most superstitious people out there. I measured my sock height in baseball, and if I was in a slump, I would change my socks were. I was. I'm not with a ruler, with an honest to god ruler. I was. I'm a psycho. Um, so yeah, no. If you think we're beating Kansas City, absolutely not, because I I'm the kiss of death. If I pick the Browns, it's all bad. Oh, he's sweet but psycho, but a little point, bit psycho. <laughs> I mean, like we're we're playing with house money at this point. Like we're hundred percent. No one, no one expected us to be here. Nope. And then we got here, and then everything went foobar <laughs> with, yep. with with COVID and the coaching staff and injuries, and we're playing Pittsburgh, we're playing Big Brother, blah blah blah, and here we are. You know what's interesting? And so now we're is... going up and, and face the Super Bowl champs, and yep. uh, maybe we got a shot. I don't know. You know what? You know what's interesting is we, especially over the last like, oh, what is it? Two three weeks now, we've been battling this COVID thing. Um, we potentially, if we get the breaks and get all the guys back, we could be the healthiest we've been all season next week. Which yeah. you're definitely gonna need going up against the defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you like think about 
like Ben Roethlisberger with his washed up arm who can't throw downfield accurately. If he was even a halfway accurate, we, this is a very different game. Right. So, you know, we're going up against Patrick Mahomes, who's going who, who has the legs and the mo- mobility to go anywhere, almost at any speed. And Oh, by the way, he's got absurd accuracy and, and he's got weapons who can run literally like the wind. I mean, it's, Yep. This the the defense. Holy crap, man. Yeah. We are gonna need uh, we're gonna need a lot. Yeah. And, and so yeah, if we can get Denzel back, good lord, I hope so. Denzel, Kevin uh, Johnson. Um, yeah. And then and then the coaching staff. But yeah. let's not uh, let's not diminish one thing here. The, not all of what happened wrong with Ben Roethlisberger tonight was just simply Ben missing receivers. On the Browns' first interception, we had double A grat pressure right in his face. He ends up making a bad decision, a bad read, and then later after that, you know, tip ball. You know, I, you know, I had a, I had, I had a text conversation with my brothers and my dad this morning, and, uh, you know, credit to me, I, I said in the text chain that I actually thought we were going to win today. I come full circle because on Tuesday, when all those COVID positives came down and Stefanski tested positive, I was doom and gloom, and I said, "There's no way we're winning. I mean, it's literally impossible." And just like a just like a Browns fan, they they sucked me back in by the time Saturday and Sunday rolled around. And I woke up today and, you know, one of the things that we did that I noticed last week against Pittsburgh was we started blitzing more in the second half. And I thought to myself, you know, with Denzel and Kevin Johnson both being out. Smart. Right. With Denzel and Kevin Johnson being out, we needed to do more of that blitzing because – Rushing four and trying to cover with those with all those corners out was not going to work because if you give Ben time, he's going to pick you apart when you have backups out there. The key was to try and get him rushed, get him, uh, get him off schedule, get his you know feet moving. He's an older guy; he's not mobile. So if you get him moving a little bit, he's not going to be athletic enough to reset his feet and throw the ball. And I think that's why you saw some of those passes, those interceptions, those tip balls were sailing on him because he had bad footwork because he was getting pressured in the pocket and he just kind of let it go. And that was key for me. I, ben Ben started getting successful when we stopped blitzing him. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, when you have a secondary like ours right now, um, you have to, you have, you have to pressure. You have, you to. have to get that pressure. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta find a way. And with and, a, and with a, you know, with Olivier Vernon loss for the season, you know, you can't just expect Miles to do it by himself. Right. How about poor Augustine, by the way? Stepping oh, up. that 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 yeah, diving that, interception catch was incredible. That yeah, nice. that's a play that you know corners and for, well, actually forget that. I mean, even wide receivers. Full stretch, you know. Not to mention the fact that the ball was up in the air. He had to turn and, and locate it first, mm-hmm. and then full dive to get it. That was one of the best plays I've seen in a long time. Uh, let's uh, do a very athletic thing. Let's uh, let's stop for uh, uh, station identification. Good morning, <laughs> good afternoon, and good night, Uh Gotta pay the bills. Oh my goodness, it's, it's, it's never gonna get old. <laughs> Woo! Oh man! Woo! That's right. There's a Ric Flair woo. Hold on. Where is it? Give it to me. Come on, Rick. Where are you, Slick Rick? Give it to me. There it is. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, Ryan, we don't want to keep you all night because we know uh, you gotta you gotta get to work uh, yeah, bright and I early. Gotta, I 
got some early ones. I'll throw in. Uh, you you guys keep doing your thing. I'm gonna go ahead and give my prediction. Uh, I, I I don't see us beating Kansas City. I uh-huh. am I am shocking. I am so happy for every single person who's associated with the organization right now. This yep. was a massive win. We've talked about that at length. You you really can't say it enough. It's it's massive. It's emotional, man. You know, I I wish I was I, I wish I was watching that game with my dad. You know, we we mm-hmm. him and him and I get into tiffs uh, a little bit because he's still old Cleveland. You know, he he expects what can go wrong will go wrong, and I'll admit I have some of my dad in me. Steve can attest to that. I was freaking out in the in the second half of this game. Um, saying things like, you know, if we don't get this, we're going to lose. If this happens, we're going to lose, and blah, 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 blah. So uh, thanks, Dad. I get that from you. But yeah. uh, I mean, but, I, I got the same thing from my dad, too. Was, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's just part not of completely part of unwarranted. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I wish I could have watched the game with him. Unfortunately, the it was just too late, um, you know, and it's Sunday. Unfortunately, we all have to go to work tomorrow, so – and uh, you know that's that's what we'll that's where we'll leave it with you, Ryan. We know you got to be uh, time at work. check twelve twenty a.m. If right. anyone was wondering, yes. we know we know you got to <laughs> be at the you got to be up and at work in about six hours. So uh, we'll let you go. We appreciate you uh, calling in and giving your prediction and uh, celebrating and breaking this uh, playoff victory down with us. But uh, go to bed. Yep, and, I'm out of here. You guys and, have a good night. Uh, Cleveland, we love you. Go Browns, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. I'll see you guys later. Have a good Enjoy night. Victory Monday, my friend. Victory Monday. Let's go. Let's go. All right, see you, Ryan. Well, so with that, why don't we go around the league? It was super wild do card it. weekend this weekend, and it started in Buffalo. And it was a very hard-fought game between Indianapolis and Buffalo. Um, Indy made a spirited comeback, but it was not quite enough. Phillip Rivers not even able to get the ball to the end zone on the Hail Mary attempt at the end. Buffalo winning 27-24. That's the first playoff win for Buffalo in 25 years. Notice a trend there. Uh, hey, if, though, if, 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 if us and them meet up in the AFC Championship game, how sweet would that be? You know, the network executives will hate that, but honestly, <laughs> screw them. You know, because that would be amazing. The That's two right. hard... Scrabble fan bases who just love their teams, who have not had any success in a long time. So Buffalo is through. Um, then things started to uh, – we had some surprises after that. Um, first one was in Seattle. The Seahawks had a lot of difficulty with the uh, with the Rams' defense. Uh, Russell Wilson was just off for most of the game, and the Rams um, – they had the quarterback get injured. Jared Goff had to come back into this game, but he he did really well. Um, the Rams end up winning thirty to twenty. Uh, so it, I find this interesting: the two teams that won their divisions that had to play a team inside of their division on Wild Card Weekend both lost: the Seahawks and the Steelers. So a uh, little bit of revenge. Wait, 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 uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. What what did you say? What 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 what, uh, what team? Wait, wait, what? What team other than uh, the Seahawks uh, lost today? Uh, Pittsburgh. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh! Let's go! In the Saturday night cap, um, not a huge surprise here. Tom Brady uh, looking great, and the Buccaneers offense uh, also looking great. They they <sighs> defeat the football team 31-23. to uh, it was pretty remarkable that Washington even got to this point. Um, Alex Smith being injured definitely did not help them for this game. Uh, they were actually two and nine this season when he was not there. So, 
Uh, Tampa Bay moves on. That's actually going to set up a really juicy matchup uh, in the divisional round as New Orleans defeated Chicago today uh, by a 21-9 score. Yeah, that was really not a surprise. I mean, that that was a game that under the old format wouldn't have even happened as Chicago wouldn't have even qualified. But, uh, I mean, quite frankly, they didn't look like they really deserved to be there. Although, if a certain somebody hadn't dropped a bomb in the end zone uh, in the second quarter of that game, perhaps things might have turned out a little bit differently. Once again, Mitchell Trubisky just not getting a fair shake, it seems. Yeah, that was uh, – I've never seen a drop pass like that before in my life. I mean, that was a literal perfect pass to a wide-open receiver in the end zone, and it went right through his arms. Uh, terrible. I mean, certainly if you're going to be winning games in the postseason, you can't afford to have that. So uh, Just a just quick um, look at Twitter. Uh, the players supposedly FaceTime Stefanski from the locker room. A uh, bunch of the players are tweeting after the game. Miles Garrett says, for the city, with a bunch of exclamation points. Uh, Richard Higgins says, we didn't come to play around. Hashtag Corvette Corvette. There's a shot at uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Jarvis Landry, no, all caps, nobody believed but us. Hashtag Corvette Corvette. Uh, Greedy Williams, dog check. Bunch of uh, screaming emojis. Jedrick Wills, the Browns is the Browns, which is a shot at Juju Smith-Schuster. What a moron, by the way. I said it. I said it bef- right before the game. We talked about it, and I said it. What? Are, and I'm glad he said it. Trust me, because I I think it played a huge motivating factor in this game. Why on earth would you open your mouth and poke a wounded animal like that? The Browns were wounded more than any other team in the NFL at this point certainly any other team to make the playoffs with the covid stuff going on and injuries and all that why open your mouth but i guess that's juju he's one of the most immature players in the league and to be honest with you you know he had a stat stuffing game today but did, did he make any play of consequence really no 13 catches uh, had a whole bunch of yards and had a touchdown but like yeah i mean the Steelers were already down by huge points with, by the time he started even becoming a factor in this game. Right. Uh, I think that guy has played his way right out of Pittsburgh. He's a, a free agent after the season. I think his act is wearing thin, and uh, I'll tell you what, I don't want him on my team. So. He's exactly the kind of guy that would go to the podium tonight and say, well, I played great, but the rest of my team stunk. Right. Yeah. Now, so, hey, uh, Corvette, Corvette there, Juju. Yeah. You can Corvette, Corvette your way right out of the NFL playoffs. There was one sort of down note in the other games this this wild card weekend. It was the fact that the Ravens went to Nashville and left with a twenty to thirteen win over the Titans. Boo! So um, and that again, cla- and, that, and all very, those friggin' classless moves by that organization. Very questionable decision in this game with the the Titans down by seven uh, in the fourth quarter, and they elected not to go for it on that fourth and two, which we mentioned earlier. Right. Uh, you know, again. Coaches not going for it on fourth and one and fourth and two is going to dominate a lot of the talk uh, yeah. coming in the next day because that was really that was the biggest moment in the Ravens Titans game. That was the biggest moment in our game tonight. So yeah, and I want to get back to the Ravens for a second because they are one of the most classless organizations in the NFL. I don't want to hear this. Oh, the Titans did it first with the dancing on the logo and all this stuff. I don't care. Win with class. Their own their own uh, Hall of Fame. Probably best of all time safety, Ed Reed tweeted after the game, says, yeah, win, but win with class. And then everybody's, everybody's, uh, 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 you know, everybody's favorite 
quarterback, Lamar Jackson, uh, doesn't even shake hands with the Titans after the game. He just I was goes just straight to the locker that. room. That's Bush League, man. Bush League. Like You literally. shake hands after the game. I don't care. The Browns and the Steelers hate each other. It's one of, Now it's one of the rivalries renewed in the NFL. Historically, going back, it's one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL. Do you see, do you see anybody not shaking hands after the game today? No. No. No, because... That's what you I, do. Listen, I hate the Steelers, but they're at least a classy organization. Yeah, some of their players are squirrely like Juju and then Roethlisberger's pass, but as an organization, they teach the right things. The Ravens are classless, and they're trash bags. And anybody that wants to say otherwise can come see me because I, you know, whatever. Yeah, he won a playoff game. I can't hold that over his head. But Lamar Jackson not shaking hands after the game is a Bush. I want to say some other words, but it's Bush League, man. And I can't stand that team. It doesn't matter what sport you're playing. It doesn't matter whether it's peewee, high school, college, or professional. You shake hands with the opposing team after a game. You you at least greet them after the game, say hey, good game. And he, and he, like I mean, he, come on, and that's he just won. standard. Yeah, right. And he won. It's not. It's not even like him being a sourpuss after losing a game. Like he won. And clearly, he's never been there before because not only did he do that, he runs into the tunnel, and whoever was the sideline reporter for ESPN, whose name escapes me right now, had to actually like go down the tunnel and find him. For the post game yeah, interview, and then, and then, then he, on top then of that, cutting her off. yeah, he keeps just interrupting her for questions, almost like how uh, Richard Sherman did with Aaron Andrews a few years back. You know, just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, but you know, I just wanted to get that in there because I know uh, people are going to be you know fawning all over him. But and, and, and hey, he played a great game. They won the game. Credit to him. But him and that organization, they're they're children. They're 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 classless. So anyway, where do we go from here? Where We're do we now go down from here? to the divisional round of the playoffs. We're into the final eight. We are on to, to I almost said on to Cincinnati. We are on to Kansas City and how sweet it is. Where are you going with Cincinnati? Well, dude, that, that's, well, no, that's that's the <laughs> Belichick thing. He always, you know, he said we're on to Cincinnati. Oh, that whole that whole soundbite. So yeah, you're you're in the NFL's elite eight now, folks. That's that's where you are, and so here, here's here's the lay of the land. The first first matchup next Saturday, L.A. Rams go to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Following that, the Ravens go to Buffalo to face the Bills. The Browns then play the Chiefs in the early afternoon time slot. Three o five, I believe it is. Three o five next week. <clears throat> so, thankfully, we won't still be up at twelve thirty a.m. doing this podcast, but. Nope. Uh, Either way, it'll it won't be as late for you guys, all of you listening either. But uh, it's it's gonna be great. I don't know how it's gonna go. Uh, I don't plan on making any predictions. I just know based on tonight's game that the Browns. Oh, we have to make a prediction. Have way more heart than I could have ever imagined. I did not see the Browns winning this game. I really thought that, and honestly, when I saw the first quarter of this game, I saw just how completely wrong I was. The Steelers came out not with the same intensity, not with the same heart, not with the same physicality as the Browns. They looked shell-shocked. They honestly looked like they were just going to win by showing up tonight. Yeah, and who can blame them? They had history on their side. They the all problem- had Juju Smith-Schuster's attitude, uh, really. True, but who could blame them? They had history on their side. They haven't lost to the Browns in, in, at Heinz Field in 17 years. Ben Roethlisberger had never lost to the Browns in Heinz Field. The Browns have, haven't been to the playoffs since 2002. 
They haven't won a playoff game in 26 years. And they came out, like you said, and they, they played, the, especially the start of the game, they played that game like those facts were all going to come home to roost. And it was just going to be another, oh, yeah, the Browns made the playoffs, but eh, they're going to go out with a, a, a whimper in the wind, you know? Yeah. But that was not to be because this Browns team is different, man. I've been saying it all year. This team is different. Man, were you vindicated on this This quarterback one, is different. This coaching staff is different. Hell, it's the same ownership, but this ownership group is different. It's just different, man. And, you know, obviously I'm hyped up after, after a, a win uh, like this. We're recording this literally five minutes after the game was ended. <sighs> obviously, if I was in my right mind, you just look at it paper on paper. The Browns don't have a shot in hell winning this game on Saturday. But there's something about this team, man. That there's something, and, and I'll say this: if they go down, they're gonna they're gonna make us proud going down. It, it's it's not gonna be a 35 point drubbing or anything no, crazy like no. we saw in week one or week six. No, it's gonna be a fight. You know, we're not gonna be able to stop them, but I'm gonna tell you right now, their defense is not gonna be able to stop us. So they might have more fi firepower in the end than us. They have, might have more big playability from their quarterback position and their wide receiver position, but this team is not gonna go down without a fight, and this is gonna be hard overhead. I mean, what do I have to lose? The Browns are going to win next next uh, next Sunday, and we're going to the AFC Championship game. You can mark that down. I just hope if it comes to that, it's Buffalo. It's not Baltimore. But you know what? Get, no, 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 no. We slayed the Steeler Dragon tonight. I want the Ravens. Okay. You know what this means, though? You'd actually want them to beat Buffalo. Wow. Or maybe that's just not the way. You know maybe what? It just, mean, maybe it just happens. Again, you know? we're getting ahead of not, ourselves. Not rooting, Listen, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. How about how about we just, just how about we just focus on? Let's on, just hope that this is the discussion we're having next listen, Sunday. By the time the Buccaneers listen, and the Saints kick off in the final game of the day. Listen, here's my reasoning for us possibly being able to upset the Chiefs. There have been numerous occasions in the last couple years, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Uh, last year with the Ravens, the Ravens went 14-2 and in the regular season. They sat their starters in the last week of the regular season. They then had a bye week. And what happens when they had when they came back into the playoffs and faced a an up-and-coming uh, a team, a team like the Browns are this year, the Titans, who upset the big, bad uh, New England Patriots, and they went into Baltimore – and smacked the Ravens in the mouth, and the Ravens came out flat. I'm telling you, I don't care. I don't care how good you are when you sit your guys, and then you have a bye week, and you haven't played in essentially in three weeks, and you have another team that's had to fight and claw to get their way into the playoffs, and then have an emotional win like the Browns just had. All bets are off because the Titans did that last year to the to the 14 and two team that has had won 12 games in a row. Baltimore Ravens, everybody said they were going to the Super Bowl because they had won 12 straight games. They were 14-2. and two. They had the league MVP in Lamar Jackson. What happened? The Titans came in and smacked them in the mouth. That is a great analogy with the Browns playing the role of Tennessee last year and with Kansas City being in Baltimore's role from a year ago. It's almost an exact perfect analogy. That That's, that's how I look at it. Now, do I think we're actually going to do it? I, you know, would I put money on it? Hell no. I'm not going to put money on us beating the Chiefs. But I'm saying, 
there's precedent there. Like it had like that same scenario has happened before and it happened last year. And everybody can call me crazy, but the Browns are going to give the give the Chiefs everything they want and more. I'm telling you. This team is different. My 34th birthday is 2 days after this game. I've never in my life seen the Browns play a game in closer proximity to that date, January 19th, than what we're going to see next Sunday. This would be an a mind-blowingly amazing present if the Browns were to be able to pull this off. Yeah. I'll tell you what, my birthday is not till uh, April 13th, and this would be a mind-blowing, amazingly birthday present for me. So <laughs> three months early. But, uh, yeah, uh, crazy, crazy. I- I'm not going to go to sleep tonight. I, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to go to sleep tonight. I, I eventually will, but it's I- – I think eventually I'll pass out from exhaustion just because I've wasted – I can't believe my voice has held up. Yeah, because you were hoarse at times during this game. I, I, gosh, you were hoarse by the second quarter with all the screaming we were doing in the first oh, quarter. I got screaming and running around my house. and My goodness. My, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, uh, Browns 48, Steelers 37. Steelers go home, and they are done. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. And we are Moving on up to the east side. Actually, we're going west, but whatever. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so Browns win 48-37 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, how sweet it is, Cleveland. Enjoy it. Um, thanks for listening to our postgame show. We will be back with you uh, with a special edition of LOTL this week uh, with a potential guest lined up. Um, we'll reveal more of that on social media as we confirm it. And, uh, yeah, we're doing another postgame show next week. Win or lose, we're going to do it. Because now, if the Browns lose to the Chiefs, it's going to hurt. It's not going to hurt that bad. If we if we lost tonight, especially if it went the way I thought it was going to go in that second half there. Or how I thought it was going to go from the, very, <laughs> oh, the opening kickoff. We wouldn't have even done a postgame show tonight because that would have been that distraught. But – we're not. We are jubilant. We are partying. And uh, we're going to enjoy a victory Monday tomorrow. How about that? A playoff victory Monday. I don't even know how that feels like. Oh, man. None of us do if you're a Browns fan. Like, I'm excited for tomorrow. Seriously. I know. To get up and go to work and, you know, do all that. It, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great week. So we appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for uh, for checking out. Uh, our postgame show and uh, if you haven't already go to our website lotlpodcast.com and check out uh, Steve's latest post to our website it uh, chronicles the Browns uh, path and journey from 2002 to tonight when we exercised all the demons and uh, read up about it and uh, you know if you're not if you're listening to this and you're not from Cleveland you're not a Browns uh, Browns fan You'll understand why this win means so damn much to us because of all we've been through the last two decades. And spoiler, there's going to be a follow-up article to that this week. I think specifically between the relationship between Cleveland and Pittsburgh and how just mind-blowingly huge what the Browns did tonight was. So So keep a lookout for that. We'll probably get that sometime this week for the Chiefs game next Sunday. And, uh, yeah, have a good night, guys. Uh, Thanks to Ryan who called in. Thanks to Steve. And uh, for uh, all you Steeler fans out there, this one's for you.